Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday, November 1st. Can you believe it? It's the 1st of November. It, it definitely does not feel like it should be November. It feels like, I mean, it looks like November outside, but it definitely feels like it should be like early September, maybe. <laughs> it's just been crazy. Uh, this is episode 125. Really excited you guys are here. Um, another thing is that we've been really trying to, um, if this has been, this program has been blessing you, just encouraging you, hey, just give what you can, pray, seek the Lord, give what you can, even if, it, if it's a dollar, all you got is a dollar. Um, it takes a lot of resources to move or to, to get this thing, keep it free at five days a week and also do the podcast, the audio only podcast, all that stuff, create fancy new graphics. It ain't free. So we really appreciate any and all, uh, donations and you guys have been super generous. And also we really encourage people, please pray for us. If you have, you know, if, if money's tight and you really feel like, no, um, please, please, please pray for us. We really, really need those prayers, um, especially what we're doing. But one of the cool things that we are doing now is not only are we, you know, taking that money and putting it towards this to make sure that it can go, it can, it can run, it can stay free and accessible to all of you guys. We also taking some of that money and we are digging freshwater wells in Uganda. Uh, we're also going to be working with First Nations people here in America, um, working at getting freshwater to a lot of those reservations that are lacking some fresh clean water because there are some that um, are really in dire straits and so we want to we really want to help uh, sell we let me start that over we really want to help the first nations people um, get that clean water uh, we also have been providing some water boxes to mississippi but i've got a quick update video uh from uganda so let's go ahead and play that we just got it water it's something we can't live without Imagine a day without water. Think about what all would be affected. Laundry, cooking, watering your plants, showering, washing your hands, your morning coffee. Hospitals can't function, fires can't be put out, and so much more. Imagine a day without water. In Uganda, they don't have to imagine it. It's a reality. There are many people in Uganda that lack access to clean, safe water. But we can continue to change that reality. Children, elderly, families, they are still in need of clean, safe water. So there you go. Anytime that you donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate can trust and know that some of that money is going to go towards towards that so amazing 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 so thank you guys thank you thank you thank you all right uh i absolutely love this guest she always puts a smile on my face she's so encouraging she's a gifted teacher she's a, a gifted author and speaker she's also the founder of celebrate freedom ministries let's give it up for my guest today yvonne atia hey Jeff, how are you? <laughs> Doing fantastic. It's always so good to have you. Welcome back. Welcome Thank back. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you on the show. Thank mm. you. And what a beautiful work that's happening in Uganda. That is just I know. That is just amazing. I guess living here in the US, we really don't appreciate. But coming from those areas, this is life to them. This is yeah. everything to them. So I am just so grateful that you guys are doing this work. That is wonderful. But and Steve has been incredibly generous. Like yes. we're digging like three every three days now, we're digging a well, a new oh, well. Yeah. So wow. he's he's really taking it very seriously. And like I said, we're expanding over into the United States and helping with uh, water crises in different areas. So it's, wow. yeah, Steve. So, yay, Steve. So, <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, really quick before um, we get into today's, the meat of today, um, this is a word that just got published on the Elijah list. So um, for those of you who tuned in uh, within the last probably like five, 10 minutes, um, the in the description there is a link but if there isn't for you under the stuff we talked about just type in elijahlist.com 
And it literally is the first word right there, right on the left, if you scroll in just a, a little, it says, I heard the words unrecognizable November. And you can see lovely Yvonne and her, her amazing husband, Mina in the picture. But if you wanna kind of follow loosely along uh, as she's talking, that is where it is. So Yvonne, what are we talking about today? Man. <laughs> Well, you know what, Jeff, I love how the Holy Spirit is able to tell us what is happening and why it's happening. So we've entered into a new season and many of God's people are transitioning right now from the anointing to the glory. And that's a huge transition. In the anointing, you are working the miracle. You are applying your gifting to whatever circumstances you are going. But when you transition to the glory, God does it for you. Mm -hmm. You enter this place of abundance, of rest, where you get to see miracle after miracle after miracle. We are into that right now. So before I even share the word, we need to have an open heart and dare to believe that God's about to do something different in my life. This is the key to this word. I love what Jesus said to Martha. He's standing in front of the tomb of her brother who, who died four days ago. And she's never seen anyone raised from the dead, especially after four days. He's decayed. His functions are all shut down. And Jesus looks into her eyes and says, Martha, if you believe, you would see the glory of God. And so this is a word today for us to be encouraged. I know that many of God's people are <clears throat> going through tough times and struggles. There's inflation, interest rates are going up. But will I dare to believe that I operate out of a different kingdom um, and that the kingdom of God is not going through inflation? God is not bankrupt. God's doing very well. And would I dare to believe that in the midst of all this, I'm going to be unrecognizable. Now, a couple of days ago, I want to tell you how this word came about. Okay. I was actually going into a conference. And as I stepped into this place, I sat down and I get to hear God whisper this word in my ears. And the word went like this, unrecognizable November. And I looked to heaven and I said, Lord, that is not even a prophetic word. Like, honestly, if someone came to me and said to me, unrecognizable November, it's like, what is that? What, yeah. what do you mean by that? <laughs> I can't do anything with that. Yeah. I can't do anything with that. Yeah. But at that time, Jeff, I was actually studying and um, reading the story of Joseph. And I'm going to be speaking to young people today. I'm going to be addressing young people today because we get to know that Joseph was a young boy when all these horrible events happened to him. But the Bible says for those who know the story of Joseph, he went through a lot of injustice, was thrown into a prison, sold into the land of Egypt. And literally, Jeff, overnight, he was asked to shave change his clothing and he's thinking where am i going and they're like are oh, you gonna go and see pharaoh he goes and stands and many people don't understand that pharaoh to the egyptians was some sort of a god so they didn't just view him as a governor of the land pharaoh was actually worshipped as a god and so he's in the presence of pharaoh he interprets pharaoh's dream and he tells pharaoh Seven years of famine, seven years of abundance. We're going to save up for the um, seven years um, of famine when they come. And he says to Pharaoh, you need to find someone who's so wise um, that will be able to save up grain and store it until the days of famine come. And Pharaoh looks at him and says to him, who has the spirit of God like you? You're going to be the prime minister of Egypt. This young boy, literally, this, this story, every time I read it, blows my mind. He literally looked like an Egyptian. You know, there's, there's a song that says, look like he literally did. But what he did to him was even more than that. He basically began to tell him, okay, he gave him his chariot. He gave him his signet ring. This is Pharaoh putting his signet ring on Joseph. He said to him, you're going to dress in linen rope as of now. And then he put over his neck thick chains of gold. In other words, within a day or two, he never looked 
anything like his past. He, he didn't look like anything like what his brothers looked or even knew of him. Fast forward, the famine hits, and they end up coming to Egypt to buy grain. The Bible says that Joseph was living in such abundance to the level that he stopped me measuring grain because there was just so much grain. But then he's looking at his brothers, and I am reading, Jeff, and this verse hits me. And it's Genesis 48, verses 8, 42, verses 8. So if we forget everything that I say, just remember that verse, Genesis 42, verses 8. It says, and Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. I read this and I was paralyzed. I have to tell you, I read this story many times and I never saw this verse. And I had to question and say, okay, how is it possible for someone's brother not to recognize him? Like, right. let's be honest. They haven't seen him for 13 years. If I haven't seen my brother for 13 years, maybe I've put on weight. Maybe I lost weight. Maybe I changed my hair color. Maybe I'm wearing sunnies, whatever it is. But can I be honest? He would still recognize me. Out of yeah. like 100 people, he would pick me out. But when they get to a level, when they are looking at him and they cannot even tell that this is the Joseph that they literally stripped off, they threw in a pit, he was begging for his life. And I had yeah. to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, how is that possible that he recognized them? And the Holy Spirit said to me, okay, they didn't change. They were the same. They were shepherds. And 13 years later, they're still shepherds. They smelled like shepherds. They wore like, they spoke like shepherds. So it wasn't hard for him to recognize them. And so many, prophetically speaking, of God's people, you know, you've gone through a struggle, you've gone through a hard time, you've gone through so much injustice, and those people that did this to you, they're still the same. They're still stuck in their churches. They're not hungry for the Holy Spirit. They just look the same. They go to the same service. They sit in the same seat. They do the same thing. But for those who dare to believe what is coming upon God's people is such glory to the level that even if we meet people from our past, they will not recognize wow. us. That's good. And the Lord said to me, do you believe that? Do you believe that I'm bringing you into this glorious state? of those who knew you, those who knew your struggles, those who knew your past, they will no longer recognize you because of the glory. They will look at you and think, really? Were you the same person that I knew 10 years ago? So this is an encouraging message to get young people to walk and understand that walking with God, a lot of young people think when I walk with God, it's not fun. Because, you know, I'm separated for God. I can't party. I can't do this. I can't drink. I can't sleep with someone who's not my wife or my husband. So it's a restricted life. But it's worth being a restricted life because of the glory that's coming. If I was to realize that the God has picked me out. God has, the Bible says about Joseph, he was a chosen tool. And so would I, do I want to be that today? Do I want to be that chosen tool who will be separated, who will be consecrated unto God? Or do I just want to look like everyone else? And, and the world puts it out to be um, Jeff, difficult for young people. For example, last night was Halloween. And I know that many churches are celebrating Halloween thinking, you know what? Like, let's just be um, modern. Let's just not be religious. Let's yeah. just be like the world. Let's, but are we, do we even know? Um, and this is not even about Halloween, but do we even know how demonic it is? Do we even know that God is calling a people for, we cannot have undivided heart. Our That's heart right. has to be single hearted. We need not to compromise. So do I want that? And is that worth it? 
The thing is, when I look at the word unrecognizable, I fell in love with Joseph so much. And God began to highlight amazing keys, which I will begin to share in a moment. But the word unrecognizable can go either way. Because I was reminded by Naomi and many people who know the story of Naomi, she too was unrecognizable, but in a bad way. Because she left God's land. She went to the land of Moab when there was a famine. She went against God's plans for her life. When she came back, she was also unrecognizable. Basically, they said, is this Naomi? They did not recognize her. And she said to them, don't call me Naomi. Just call me Mara, which means bitter. Because I walked out of this place full and I'm coming back empty. And part of the prophetic word that the Lord gave me, he said, tell my people that unlike Naomi, who stepped out full, came back empty, you are right now empty, but God is bringing you full. Because there's going to be that unrecognizable glory upon you. People will not recognize you, not because you are empty, but because you're so full. But the thing is, I've got to have the same heart as Joseph did. When I look at the story of Joseph, there are keys that I want to highlight, Jeff. The first one is that he had the fear of the Lord in him. Now, this is not a bad fear. This is not a fear where I I am fearing God. No, it's a reverence. It's a respectful place where I understand that Christ paid the high price for me to live a consecrated life. And so I live this life because I love him, not because I want to go against my calling and hurt myself. So he didn't live a cheap grace. I I really love a quote which I was reading by Bonhoeffer. For many people, he was a Christian martyr. And this is what he said. He said, cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. It is baptism without church discipline. It is communion without confession. Absolution, so it's absolution without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus. And so today, that is what we are preaching that, you know, it's okay, you can, you know, celebrate Halloween and you can have a relationship where you do whatever you want and and you can identify as whatever you want and God loves you and God, no, grace is not cheap because it costs Jesus, it it costs God, his only begotten son. Now, I love, this is the story of Joseph. Joseph ends up in the house of Potiphar, who was an Egyptian leader. And the Bible tells us that he, God blessed this man because of Joseph. And so the man ended up trusting Joseph and said to Joseph, I give you everything. The only thing I hold back of you is my wife. And the Bible says that she came to him and she said to him, can you sleep with me? He was a beautiful young man. He looked very attractive. And she was, and anyone in his position could have said, this is the key to my success. Right. Because if I sleep with this woman, I have everything under my control. In actual fact, I'm going to be promoted because she's going to tell her husband how much I am such a good person. He's going to promote me even further. But the Bible says that Joseph looked at her and said to her, your husband trusted me. He left everything under my control. How can I do that and sin against God? You're talking about an Old Testament. This is in the Old Testament. Who said, I cannot sleep with you. I am not married to you. I am consecrated unto God. So I want to be able, you know, if you are hearing me right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. This is not to make you feel guilty, but this is to bring you. This is to this place of consecration because there's a call on your life and the enemy wants you out because the moment you double with sin, 
all of a sudden this condemnation. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. All of a sudden, if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, you will begin to hear the enemy telling you, you're so dirty. You're mm-hmm. so bad. You can't really serve God. Like, look at what you're doing behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And so rather than repenting, you isolate yourself. In the place of isolation, the enemy comes and feeds on you. The enemy begins to tell you how bad you are, how weak you are, how much you're struggling. And so you end up hating yourself. You end up having a low self-esteem. This is the place of depression. This is the place of anxiety. This is the place of suicide rather than running for the Lord. So I want to call you forth. You're hearing me right now. The Lord says you are going to become unrecognizable. Here's a great call on your life. I have called you. I know of all of your weaknesses and struggles. Run to me. And begin to say, Lord, here I am. I am sorry. I confess my sin. Get me out of the pit. Get me out of this place. And I can tell you something. The Holy Spirit is waiting. The Holy Spirit is a great helper. And as soon as you call upon God, Holy Spirit will come along, pull you out of this place, and cause you to walk in holiness, in greatness, in consecration, because the Lord is calling young people. Let me tell you, Jeff, the next revival will be led by the younger generation. Mm -hmm. God is setting them on fire. That God is going to be using them in such a mighty way. And so right now, there is a big fight on your life. There is, because the enemy wants you gone. The enemy wants literally you out to counsel you. But this is the place of wherever you are, let's learn from the the life of this young man who stood against this woman. And let me tell you, he was thrown in prison and he was never declared, um, he was always declared guilty. There was not a time in the Bible where we get to see that Joseph was ever declared innocent. He lived with this guilt all through his sentencing. But God, he knew something. And this is my next thing. Don't take offense at God. Because when he was in prison, it was so easy for him to say to God, where are you? So many people right Right. now, you've gone through a hard time in your life. And you're blaming God. And you're saying, why would you do this? I served you with all my heart. I was faithful to you. And now I'm in the prison. And you begin to doubt God. You begin to think, oh, well, God allowed this. So this is just God. And so you begin to be offended at God. The moment you begin to get offended at God, the enemy is so happy. Because all of a sudden, you have become confused. Rather, and, and it comes in every area, Jeff, even in the area of like sickness and disease. Many people are like, oh, God allowed this. God wants me to be right. sick. God is, but we need to understand that God, he's not like, you know, there's a Chinese symbol. It's called the yin and the yang. And what that means is that they believe that their God or whichever spiritual power they worship is good, but they've got this black dot in the middle that you sort of don't understand. Can you believe it, Jeff, that there are Christians on the inside of their heart, this is what they feel towards God. They feel that God is good, like God's white. But there's the part in God where I just don't really understand. We need to repent. God. Oh, I was there, Yvonne. Like I, I can completely say in my younger years, I was there where I believed that God, there was, God was ultimately good. Yes. But there was a part of me that was like, yeah, but he's he's going to take this good thing away from me. It's only a matter of time. And I realized that I was, I found myself, it was like this subconscious thing where it was like enough bad things happen that I, I on a subconscious level, I tried to justify them. And I had to, yeah, I absolutely had to repent. And, and God showed that to me. He was like, that's not, this is, that's not my character. That's not who I am. Wow. So and, yeah, I've been and, there. And that's a revelation, Jeff. And And I tell you another huge revelation that I've learned is that in Christianity, we believe in creation. We do not believe in evolution. Mm -hmm. Now, many Christians 
unintentionally believe in evolution. Let me tell yeah. you how. Okay. They begin to feel that the more I pray, the more I fast, the more I do for God, I will somehow evolve into this amazing Christian. That's a lie. The moment you came to Jesus, you were made brand new. You got to live out of who you are. You are united to Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You may have struggles. You may need your mind to be renewed. That's all good. But you are Christ in action. Christ lives on the inside of you. You have become one with Jesus. Yeah. So we begin to say, oh, yeah, I don't believe in evolution. But really? But you do believe that the more you do for God, um, the more God is going to think you're amazing and evolve you into right. one of them. you are yeah. already. The Bible says, you are holy because I am holy. You've been set apart. You died to yourself. You're one. So we need to begin, Jeff, to emphasize who we are. It's a revelation of, I, I may have struggled. I'm dealing with that. But it does not change the fact that I'm a new species. I am a new creation. Christ lives on the inside of me. And he makes me glorious in every way. And let me tell you, some people think, are you prideful woman? No, I'm not. I actually realized that I died a long time ago. And the person who lives now is Christ living in me. And so when I understand that, I go through battles. Yes, we go through battles. We go through the fire. We go through the prison like Joseph did. He realized something. He, he, the Bible says this in Genesis 39, that God was with him in prison. And God showed so much favor. Other people treated Joseph with favor. Why would the Bible tell us that? Because even in prison, he knew that God is with him. God was with him in the pit. Sometimes we think when we go through a hard time, God has left me. The biggest lie. God abandoned right. me. You, you left me, God. I cried out to you, not knowing that maybe I've gone through a process. But it was only in the fire that the three young men realized that God is there. It was only in the river as I am drowning. It was only if I did not get to that place, my eyes was not going to open to see that God who is able to rescue me. So many times I tell people I could have been dead over and over mm -hmm. even when I was six. The enemy tried to take my life and I fell from a three-story building. Right. I escaped death in Egypt at the age of 10 and more and more and more. So it wasn't for him. It was in those times as I was falling, Jeff, that I saw angels. I was only six years old and I told my mom, I saw angels. I was in pain because I had fractured my back. But it doesn't take away from the fact that my eyes were open that I'm still alive, that I got healed. Doctors told my parents she's going to be on a wheelchair. If she does leave, she will be on a wheelchair all her life. Well, I'm not. I am 100% perfect. How is that possible if that fall did not happen? So we need to live out of Romans 8.28. All things, the good, the bad, the ugly, work together for good. They don't work together for bad. They work together for good. Joseph knew that he needed to go through the pit. He needed to go through the prison because it was that, that was his testimony. He would be like, I walked out of the prison, literally into the palace. And then I became the prime minister of Egypt. What a glorious testimony. I'm here to tell you, Jeff, that by God's grace, God's getting ready to release a Joseph anointing on young people, those who are hearing me, those who are hungry, those who are weeping, those who say, Lord, I'm separated, consecrated for your glory. I am telling you, God will position you divinely, divine people, divine places, and divine opportunities will Amen. come your way. God, can I say that, Jeff? God is raising billionaires. Oh, okay. Not millionaires. I am talking about billionaires who will finance the, the, the harvest, who will set up the kingdom. God is going to blow people's minds. Those who will say, you know what? 
This sounds crazy, but I'm believing this woman. I'm grabbing a hold of this Lord. I'm positioning myself like Joseph. If you did this with Joseph, how much more will you do it when Christ lives on the inside of me? So this is a message of encouragement. This is a message for young people who are going through depression now, going through a low place, going through a place where they're like, is there any hope for me? You are not hearing this by chance. You are hearing this by a divine appointment because God is going to position you from one place to another, one miracle to another. Just a couple of hours ago, I was listening to my favorite preacher, Catherine Coleman. I love her. And she started her show by saying this. Well, you know what I'm going to tell you. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. Mm. I heard this like a billion times. I'm <laughs> I'm like, yes, Lord, I believe in miracles. Today is going to be a day of miracles. Today is going to be a day of glory. I'm receiving glorious emails. I am receiving glorious appointments. You're setting me up for glory. And I tell you what, Jeff, this is the renewed mind. This is the mind of Christ. This is the mind of struggles happen. Life happens. But greater he that lives in me, in he that lives in the world. He is able to restore me. He is able to compensate me. He is able to do exceeding abundantly more than I could ever think. If I thought of it, God can't do it. He's going to do more. I don't Come know. On. While these dreams are, I really don't know. But all I'm telling you is God is getting ready to do more. So one thing I want to point out really quick, especially for those that are struggling and maybe you're at a loss for words on even how to pray. Uh, you might not know this, but Yvonne literally just quoted multiple scriptures in a row. And so that's always a good place is look up the promises of God like that. That is a good place to start is look up the promises of God, write them on sticky notes and put them on your bathroom mirror or or write it on your hand or and and say it learn it but um, memorize it and speak that out i like i'll memorize psalms and so when i'm like at a loss for like praying i'll just speak the psalm out loud i'll speak it out and i'll speak other scriptures out loud um and that's so important and that's exactly what you did and people are like wow that was really good yeah it's because she was <laughs> quoting the bible you know and so it's like yeah that's that's work. it yeah amen yeah and, and let, me t let me get to this place because this is a really important thing that the Lord highlighted is that one of the things that we are to learn from Joseph is to live in forgiveness. Mm. Now, he was, let me tell you when forgiveness becomes so um, amazing. He was in a place where he could have jailed them. He could oh, have executed his brothers. But real forgiveness is when you are in a position of being able to hurt someone, but voluntarily choosing to forgive them. So many people are like, I forgive you because they can't do anything to you. But Joseph was literally in a position of executing them live because of what they've done to him. I love his words. He said this to them in Genesis 45. He said to them, come close to me. And he said to them, I don't want you to be distressed and I don't want you to be angry at yourselves for it was not you who did this to me, but God brought me here to save many lives. Every time I read this, Jeff, I cannot stop but weep mm. because he recognized them from early on. And every time he ran to the back room and wept and he could not wait before he said to them, come close to me. But we need as a body to live in forgiveness. And right now, there are many people, and I can tell you, statistics are scary. There's, statistics show there's more than 60% of the church that are not living in forgiveness. And so we need to understand that forgiveness is like drinking. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. That's right. So you need to do yourself a favor by living in forgiveness. Yeah. The thing is, many people do not understand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. So forgiveness is a choice. 
Forgiveness is a sacrifice and forgiveness comes with trust. It comes with you trusting that God will deal with the perpetrator. That's right. It comes with you understanding that as long as you're holding a grudge and you're in bitterness and resentment, God cannot do anything. The moment you hand it to God, that is when God will begin his work. So we need to understand that we need to live in forgiveness. And it's a journey. Because sometimes when you have been wounded and the wounding is so deep in your heart, it's not as easy as, oh, she just said it on the show, I'm going to do it. You need to begin to pray. And the Holy Spirit is your helper. So one of the things I've learned is that, Lord, I'm struggling to forgive this person. I want to, I just can't Mm -hmm. because I'm being honest. But can you help me? Can you fill my heart? Give me your love for this person because right now I don't have it. And I would begin to just pray before approaching this person. Let the love of God fill my heart. Let the love of God heal my heart. And when I get to this place of where I'm able, then I would begin that process. But it's important to understand and differentiate what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not an act of of um, excusing the wrong that's committed. So if you've gone through sexual abuse or something horrific, it doesn't mean that we are excusing what happened. It's not. It does not require you to befriend the person who perpetrated you. It does not require you to forget the wrong. It does not require, and so it does not mean that you need to be subject to that person who continuously hurt you. Right. Yeah. And that is very, very important. Yeah. You're not inviting them over to dinner for Thanksgiving or whatever. I mean, maybe God's going to, maybe they'll get there eventually, but that's not a requirement for forgiveness. And that's going to set a lot of people free, Jeff, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are hurting right now. Um, you know, maybe you've grown up with a father who's so abusive or a mother or even an uncle who used to come home and, and assault you or all this stuff. So you've got to assess the circumstance. If it's something that is workable, absolutely. And Jesus went through it. I think it's Matthew 18. Um, there's a process of reconciliation. But if it's something where you don't, you don't need to be subjected to that wrong, in Joseph's case, it was a different scenario. He was in a position of power. Absolutely. He was in a place of, he could have heard them. He yeah. chose. So you need to be able to choose. And when you do this, I remember someone said this to me and it always stuck by me. He said this, you never die of a snake bite. You die of the poison. Mm. And I was never bitten by a snake, but that's scary by itself. If I get bitten by a snake, but imagine, and it's true, it's not that's not what that's not what's gonna kill me, but it's the poison that is injected. Literally, if someone's seen what a snake poison does, it's it's just horrific. It's really, really scary because the blood of the human would just freeze immediately. So that is what unforgiveness is like. Our heart becomes calloused. We hear the word of God and we're not reactive like we used to. But God is calling young people to be in a place of consecration of separation from sin of those who are like lord i want to be holy i want to be set apart like you were set apart and i am gonna live in a place of no i'm not gonna be offended at god and that is the place jeff where we expose the lie when if Mm -hmm. i've believed god's abandoned me or whatever i believe um, and that is the place where I begin to bind. And I, when we pray, then I'm going to do that. But bind every demonic spirit which attached itself to me as a result of the wrong thought. For example, if I've believed God's rejected me, or if I've believed, or if I become depressed, or all these are demonic spirits and they attach themselves to me, and I cannot break free until I choose to forgive until I begin to understand that God is pleased with me. I may be struggling. I may be in a low place right now, but he is able to pull me out. 
He's able to wash me by his blood. He's able to position me so that I am unrecognizable. Mm, so good. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And so I tell good. you what, I love, I love the story of how Jesus was unrecognizable when he rose up with, with a glorified body. How can Mary Magdalene not recognize him? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally. How can she think he's the gardener? She, she, she ministered with him. She traveled with him. She ate with him. And yet she thought he was the gardener. How could the, the, the two disciples of Emmaus not know him? He rose up with such glory that he literally had to convince Thomas to touch him because no one believed him. Mm -hmm. And so like Jesus, Joseph is a prototype. So like Jesus, God is bringing us into this place. This is a word for the remnant church. This is a word for those who are in covenant, who are willing to pay the price to come and say, here I am. I am going to be unrecognizable. I, I can't explain it. I don't know how. And that's the thing, Jeff. We cannot be um, rational because part of the word unrecognizable, unexplainable. I heard God say, for there will be no rational explanation for what I'm about to do. <laughs> so you could be thinking, but how? Don't ask the how question. Just receive. Yeah, that's so good. Just that's, receive. Uh, yeah. I've been seeing this teaching popping up a lot um, in regards to people being new creations. And uh, admittedly, um, it was touched on, you know, they would quote the scripture, but there was never any explanation or real pointed because you had a church filled with, with men even saying, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace. Uh, not according to the word. Maybe you were that but you're actually a new creation now. And um, I feel like that's, and I don't know what your thoughts are on people just making a, I know they're doing it out of humility, but from my perspective, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, the word actually says that you are, you are born again. You are a new cre creation. You're no longer a dirty, rotten sinner. And there are people that will even say, Oh, I'm just a sinner. Um, and I feel like even that approach within the church has done a lot of harm in misleading people when, the reality is we are new creations. And if this is uh, if this is a topic that God is continually bringing up through numerous prophetic voices who aren't associated with each other, odds are very high. They don't see each other's posts. Um, like I'm hearing it from people that I know that you probably don't follow and vice versa. This is a very much um, a topic that's on God's heart because he wants people to get this because of what's about to happen and what's actually already happening. He wants us to get that we are new creations. So yes. I think that's something that we really need to take heed of, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that, Yvonne, yeah. the whole idea of saying, Oh, Hey, Yvonne, I'm Jeff. Oh, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. I want to hear your thoughts, thoughts on that. You, you know what, Jeff, it comes out of um, not understanding the covenants and maybe one day we can do, um, a, a, like just a session on explaining how the different covenants that came or were presented in the Bible, they were different in the way that we were thinking. So, for example, let me let me tell you this: the old covenant, and there's obviously the covenant of Moses, there's the covenant of David. I'm not going to go through all the covenants now, but that's a whole study, and it's a very important study. But mm -hmm. let's have a look at the time of Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah would write that the, the thoughts of God are far above our thoughts. And so many people who quote Isaiah today and they're like, God's thoughts are so above our thoughts. God is so high. That was Old Testament. The new covenant said that Jesus lives in me and that we have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. So you can live by under the old covenant by declaring that, you know what? You are so low. You are so far away from the thoughts of God. God is so high. God is so wise. And that's what we call false humility 
And Jesus destroyed that because Jesus literally, they thought he was arrogant. They thought he was proud because he said to them, I cast out devils with the finger of God. He said to them, my father loves me and he shows me everything. And they even the Bible even says that they were angry of him because when he called himself the son of God, he equated himself with God. So we need to speak like Jesus spoke. And as you said, you have people saying, I'm a sinner saved by grace. That is true. But the Bible also says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when I live every single day, I wake up in the morning and I decree and declare I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you something? You will live out of that identity. You will choose out of the identity. But if you wake up in the morning saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, you will also live out of the identity. In other yeah. words, you're just a sinner. So, and you hear that all the time. You come, you, you get to hear people say, you know, I did this mistake because I'm only human. I'm sorry. Only human. God is living on the inside of you mm. with his Holy Spirit. And you, you say you're only human. Christ lives in you. He is the hope of making you and giving you a glorious life. Another yeah, example good. is Job. Job's another big problem that many people don't understand. And I'm not going to go through a whole Job thing right now and the God allowed thing right now. But Job's theology was like Job came out and said, for example, the Lord took, the Lord gave. Let the Lord's name be made holy. You get to hear people repeating Job today, even though Job repented, even though Job towards the end of his book, he said that I heard about you with my ears, but I didn't really know you. Right. And he repented. We are still saying today, well, the Lord takes and the Lord brings. No, the Lord doesn't take. The Bible said that God gave his son for you. The Lord only gives. The Lord only adds. The Lord only blesses. The Lord does not take away. And we get to hear that in funerals and we get to see. So we have a lot of repentance to do. And we need to understand the new covenant. The new covenant is not the old covenant. Yeah. In the old covenant, God initiated his covenant with people, with Moses and with people. They always sinned and the covenant was always broken. In the new covenant, and Jeff, this is beautiful. The new covenant is not with us and God, if I can clarify that. The new covenant is initiated by God the Father and God the Son. It cannot be broken. Hmm. I am part of God the Son. And so I've entered this unbreakable covenant, this unshakable covenant. I will only win. I will only conquer. I will only be victorious. I may be going through a tough season or a difficult season. Maybe I've lost the round, but I've won the battle. And that is a completely different way of thinking. That covenant is unbreakable. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes. This is so good. So good. And I, I, I mean, I really just can't stress enough amongst young people, like the, the need for holiness. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on young people um, in today's society to, to be a certain way. And especially now that lines are becoming more and more drawn in terms of like righteousness and unrighteousness. And there's more and more and more of the world presenting itself through arts and entertainment, through media, just societal pressures that aligns with unrighteousness and not righteousness. And there's this need, this, this fleshly need to be liked within the body of Christ. Um, but praise God, Jesus. He said, people will hate you because of me. Like you come in my name, people are, but they hated me first. And yes. so that like, that's actually a great comfort that we're actually not supposed to try and, and, and be, and look again, guys, I, I'm always, I always like to be transparent with people. You know that if you've been watching a long time, I've been on the other side of just being agreeable and like, no, don't make any waves. Don't make any, it is an absolute cancer. It absolutely sucks your life away, sucks your spiritual life away because you end up not, not obeying your convictions from the Holy Spirit. And you're, you're, you're kind of being sucked into the current of society. 
And so this need for holiness and righteousness is absolutely paramount in pursuing him. And it starts with knowing your identity, knowing that place um, and where you stand with Christ, like that, knowing that identity. Um, and and again, going back to scriptures and using those scriptures to 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 remind yourself and declare over yourself, no, I have the mind of Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm seated with, I, I'm, I'm hidden with Christ in God. Where is, where is Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of the father. You know, all those things, taking those scriptures and, and putting them on your mirror. Man, this is so important. You guys, we need to change the way that we've been doing stuff. And especially the way that we've been taught as young people regarding um, following Jesus and what it means. It does mean that you're going to be rejected at times. It, when you when you're standing for righteousness, but it is so much more valuable, and what you gain through that is so much more valuable than anything that the world has to offer. Absolutely, a thousand infinity times. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and, and and you know what, Jeff? We don't need to do it alone. That's the thing. Right. We need to be like we need to have people and and be in a community of fellowships that we can't be accountable to someone. That's not old-fashioned. It's okay to get someone who is an elder in the church and just say, could you be my spiritual father? Can I be accountable to you? There's nothing wrong when you trust someone and you say, you know what, I, I stuffed up yesterday. I did this, but here I am. I'm bringing it out in the open. And we live a life of repentance. Sometimes we need to, to do that because right now we live in, in a lot of isolation and right. young people are just isolated. But if you want to know what you want to become, look at your friends. So it's going to require, if I can sum this up, intentionality, knowing that God has a great place for you. God has a calling and a purpose. And so I even feel by the Holy Spirit, Jeff, that there's going to be people now and you're going through suicide. You're feeling that. Wow. The reason why you have not done this until now is because God is calling you out of mm -hmm. darkness and into his glorious light. Mm -hmm. But with any project in life, whether it's in business or it's in whatever, it's intentionality. Someone said this to me once. I was trying to lose weight a long time ago. And, he said, and they said this to me. If you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? And he, he said, you can't, you wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to lose weight today. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And I'm going to, no, I need to have a plan. That's right. So sit with the Holy Spirit, who is your partner, and be like, Lord, I want a plan. What is the plan? How do I go about? Show me my calling. Help me out. And that is when God is the one who has kept you. He is the one who's going to do it through you, but he needs your agreement. He needs your desire to walk this journey. Yeah, so good. So good. Well, Yvonne, I would love for you to pray for, pray for the people in regards to, to the suicide, but any, any other way that you feel led to pray for them. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Why don't we begin to invite the Holy Spirit, wherever you are, just lift up your hands right now. If you are praying the Holy Ghost right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I invite your presence. Holy Spirit, come and touch everyone right now and even those who will watch later. Father, I thank you. I thank you because you are doing something great in the lives of young people right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask Holy Spirit that you would bring us to a place of repentance wherever you are right now. I want you to join me. I want you to come and say, Lord, here I am. I repent, Lord. Wash me by your blood. I come and confess my sin before you right now, Lord. And I ask, help me, Lord. Help me to come out of this place. I want you to say, open up my eyes right now, Lord, so that I could see the purpose and the call that you have on my life. And I want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive as you have forgiven me. And right now, I want to invite you into a place of forgiving. 
Whoever comes to your mind right now, if you are holding a grudge against anyone, if there is resentment, if there is hatred right now, I want you to begin and say, Lord, I forgive. I forgive this person. I forgive my mother. I forgive my father. Whoever it is, the Lord is cleaning you up right now. And Father, I thank you, Lord, as a minister of the gospel and as your daughter. I come in the realm of the spirit right now. And Lord, I bind every demonic spirit of fear right now. And I command it to leave their bodies. I command it to leave their minds in the name of Jesus. And Father, I bind every demonic spirit of suicide, depression, oppression, bipolar, mental illness, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind every demonic spirit behind all these illnesses. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and do a great work. Come and bring healing. Lord, I release your healing. Lay your hands on your mind and just say, I receive it, Lord. I receive your healing. I believe that you are touching me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release angels, Lord, to minister to young people. People right now and to give them an undivided heart father we come and we repent of all compromise we repent lord and we say here we are and if right now i want you to say this father right now i break every covenant that i have with the world every covenant that i have with my flesh i break it in the name of jesus and every covenant that i've made with the devil in the name of jesus is broken and father I begin a new covenant with you, Lord. Help me to walk in your way. Help me to run with you. Bring it on, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come into agreement with this word. I shall be unrecognizable. Father, in the name of Jesus, like Joseph, I receive a Joseph anointing. Here it comes, Father, in the name of Jesus. I release that word, Lord. I release the Joseph anointing. I separate them. I consecrate them in the name of King Jesus. I pull them out of this place of darkness. Father, they will run. They will minister. You are raising apostles. You are raising prophets, evangelists, teachers. You are raising up the next generation of young people who will be on fire for you. Lord, we speak revival. We speak glory. We thank you for signs and wonders. We thank you for those God evangelists that are raising up right now. And I thank you, Lord, because you are doing this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. 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 So everybody in the live chat, let us know um, if you were, you know, God did something in you during that prayer time. Uh, please do the same, but just in the comment section, if this isn't live, because we, we love, love hearing those testimonies about what God is doing in your life, um, especially if you made a decision today to really pursue uh, righteousness and holiness. Um, so we want to hear about that because it's worth rejoicing. We want to rejoice with you. So um, Yvonne, how how can people follow you? I know you do a lot of stuff online. You got books as well, all that good stuff. <laughs> Yes, I've got books, Revealing the Healer. Um, it's on our website. Um, so they can go to celebratefreedomministries.org and there's books and courses and everything that they can follow. Um, and we love prayer needs. If they need a prayer, they can also send an email to info at celebratefreedomministries.org and we would love to pray for you. Amen, amen. And then obviously too, you're on social media as well. Yes, so when you, I'm, I'm on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel, Yvonne Atiyah, and on Facebook and Instagram, so they can follow also on those social media platforms. There we go. Yvonne, seriously, thank you so much. It's always so good. So good having you on the show. You're, I just can't help but like smile. Like it's just <laughs> so uh, you're a huge, huge blessing, blessing to the body of Christ. So thank you. Thank you so much. Bless you, Jim. Yeah. Bless everything you're doing. Thank yeah, you. So thank you. Much. Thank you. Well, everybody, that is our show. Uh, have just an amazing, amazing day. Today's a good day. Also, I wanted to point out, if you haven't, she mentioned Halloween um, and talking about that, that might be your first time hearing it and being like, Halloween, what's wrong with Halloween? Uh, yesterday, 
episode 124 with Krista J. Bullock, we actually talked a lot about the origins of Halloween. So if you just go on and um, just look at yesterday's episode from Halloween 1031, uh, and that'll be very, um, it's very informative, very enlightening, I'm sure, for some that have never heard any of that. So check that out. Also a reminder that tomorrow we are having the final episode of Cindy McGill's teaching series, Understanding Your Dreams, featuring Cindy McGill. And it's going to be a live dream interpretation session. We're going to be bringing people on uh, who previously, it's closed now for submissions, unfortunately, but um, all the people that that sent in their dreams, they've been con- they have been contacted or will be contacted. We're going to have them on. And so you'll actually get to see a real application of what it looks like to interpret people's dreams, uh, especially after three, three episodes of hearing about it in theory. Uh, it's going to be great uh, to to see that actually in real time. So you aren't going to want to miss that tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then also there's a donation link at the end, ElijahFire.com slash donate. Again, we so appreciate any and all donations to keep this thing afloat and keep it free. Uh, and obviously some of that is going to go to the wells as well. So have an amazing day, you guys. And we will see you tomorrow with Cindy McGill for Understanding Your Dreams. Uh, part 404 at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.